here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Jesus said that we're to show a supernatural, incredible love for one another that will get the notice of the world. In this text, we're directed by Jesus to look at the command. He commanded his disciples to love one another. As Pastor Ed reminded us just now, we have been told to love one another. Sounds easy enough, right? Well, if you've ever met a difficult person, and probably you've met more than one, then you know that this is anything but simple. Today's message centers on the idea that Jesus loved everyone, not just the people that he got along with, and that as followers of Jesus, we must love everyone too. Those who get on our nerves or have insulted us are no exception. In fact, they may even need more love. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Love One Another. In John chapter 13, Jesus spoke words to his disciples on how they were to live their life, direct their steps. He told them that they were to love one another. No easy task. Impossible. Absolutely above the bar. We couldn't do it if we were trying to do it in our own strength. Listen to what Jesus said. John chapter 13. I'm just going to read verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What an incredible command. What an incredible promise. Let's walk in this commandment today. Teresa, who lived in Maryland, got up early one morning and she looked out her window and she lived right by the Avon River. It would freeze over a couple of times a year and there was an incredible sight that she observed that day, a lesson that the animal kingdom could teach the human kingdom. In the area that she lived, Canadian geese and swan would often fly over that district. She noticed a goose frozen to the ice River. There, its webbed feet were frozen stiff and its wings were just uh, stiff by its side. And overhead was a line of swan flying. And suddenly, they changed that line into a circle and they were flying around in a circle. And she thought, knowing how territorial swan are, that they were going to attack that goose. And they broke that line, that circle, and some flew down. And with those long, powerful beaks, they moved their heads backwards and then forwards. 
just like a fisherman would chip away at the ice to make a hole. And as they put those beaks down, they began to chip away at the ice that was holding that goose secure. And after what seemed 10 minutes or so, they stopped and they returned to the air, as if watching and looking to see if that goose was free. It was free, but it was still stiff, its wings frozen to its side. And four of them came back down, and they began to scrape the ice off the wings of that goose and lift up its wings and scrape the ice off of its body. And then they flew back up in the air in that circle, watching. And sure enough, that goose began to flap its wings. And with joy, it was freed. And it joined the swan. And normally, they're at odds. Jesus said that we're to show a supernatural, incredible love for one another that will get the notice of the world. In this text, we're directed by Jesus to look at the command. He commanded his disciples to love one another. The command to love one another. It was said by Dr. Carl Menninger that what... The world really needs is love. Love is the medicine for the sickness of the world. That's what they're looking for. Genuine, real love, authentic love. Not the love that Hollywood portrays. Not the love that the world talks about. But God's agape love. Jesus gave a command to us to love one another. In John 1334 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Why a command? Because it's against our fallen nature to step out of ourselves and to love others. Our fallen nature is self-centered. And so Jesus had to give us that command to love one another. He gave this instructions to disciples, the command My command is this, love each other. We want to take center stage and push others away. Our very nature is given over to self-centeredness from the time we're in the womb to the time we're born. Some of the very first words, give me, mine, no, I want... Now, as we grow older, we sophisticate it. We cover over it. But basically, that fallen human nature that makes us the center, unless it's crucified by the cross, we never really overcome it. He commanded us to love one another. Now, that command often goes against our emotions, our feelings. In fact, you see this in conflict when people say, well, 
I really don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't feel like I'm loving, so I'm not going to love. Jesus gave you a command. He didn't say go by your feelings. If you go by feelings, you'll shipwreck your life. If we go by feelings, we'll make a lot of terrible decisions. Some days we feel up, some days we feel down. Some days we feel close to people, some days we feel far away from those close to us. And if we go by feelings, people will jump in and out of marriage. Serial marriages will be the story of their lives. Constantly making wrong decisions. Now, Jesus didn't say go by feelings, but he said love is an action. It's something you do. Even though you don't feel like doing it, you still get up and you prepare and take care of your family. You still act in a loving way towards your spouse when you don't quite feel like acting in a loving way. And when those kids drive you absolutely crazy, you still love them. Amen? John R.W. Stott said, Christian love is not the victim of our emotions, but the servant of our will. All through the journey, we will be tested as to our love for one another. We'll be tested as to our commitment to one another. You can count on it. It's a guarantee. Again and again, you'll be tested. You'll be offended by somebody in the church. You'll be offended by somebody in your life. You'll be offended by others. And you'll have to move out of yourself and take up the cross and follow Christ and love like he commanded us to love. C.S. Lewis put it this way. Love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as that can be obtained. You simply want to do the right thing towards others. The best for them. This command is very specific. We have a new commandment and we are to demonstrate it in a brand new community that was formed when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the birthday of the church. It's referring to fellow believers, the community to love. He describes love one another, love one another. Now, that was a task. Peter, rash, outspoken. John, contemplative, thoughtful. James and John, ambitious, wanting the first preeminent place. Andrew, more seclusive and individualistic. Zealots in that group, doubters like Thomas. What a compilation of people. But love was the glue that held them together. And the community of faith is to be connected by an incredible love that we have for one another. Count on it. It will be difficult to love other Christians. I know when you first come in the church, you're excited, but sit next to someone for a year, two years, ten years, and you notice they have feet of clay. You notice they're not all that you thought they might be. You see the reality. It's at that moment when your love is tested, and you say, I will love them, flaws, fault, and all. James Dobson said, There is no greater opportunity to influence our fellow man 
for Christ than to respond with love when we have been unmistakably wronged. There are times that you feel you were wronged and you're right on. But then you lay it at the altar, you give it to God, and you walk in love. Pastor was planning to do a missions trip. And they were going to do it in the States. And the missionary who was arranging those missions trips came over to meet with him and planned for it. And they wanted to help the poor, the needy, those who were struggling financially. And so they designed this missions trip so that they would repair homes, fix up houses, help people with uh, things that uh, they couldn't do themselves. And the pastor said, I have one request from you, just one request. We need to go either out of state or a real distance from our community. And the missionary said, well, well, there's a lot of needs right here. There's a lot of poverty in your backyard. He said, well, it just won't work. See, the people in our church know those people. And when they see them, they think, boy, they're getting what they deserve. I know him, I know her. Uh, They didn't act too wisely, and they're reaping what they've sowed. Why should we help them? It's better if they can, the pastor said, help someone they don't know. They'll feel better about it. Oftentimes, it's hardest to love those closest to us because we know their frailties. We know their flaws and faults. And that's why Jesus said, Love one another. Love within the community of faith. You know the old ditty, it says, to dwell above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. (laughs) What we need to do is go outside of ourselves And reach out to others to show that incredible love. Notice that the text says a new commandment. Well, in the Old Testament, it talks about love, loving God, loving people. That's foundational to the Hebrew Bible, to our New Testament, of course. But Jesus said it's a new commandment. Why a new commandment? Because we have an example of exactly what he wants us to do. He illustrated it. He demonstrated it by his life. Jesus gave us an example to follow for loving one another. In John 13, 34, notice what the text says, love one another as what? As I have loved you. Paul the Apostle said it this way, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. Our life is to be a sacrificial life. It's not about self, it's about the Savior. It's not about me, mine, and my own. It's about God. He's the center, and our lives revolve around Him, not around ourselves. Griffith Thomas said, love is the outgoing of the entire nature in self sacrificing service. How did Jesus love you? Well, he loved you, I believe, in a number of ways, but two ways I've chosen to focus on this. He loves us redemptively. He loves us redemptively, and then he loves us 
with a reconciling love, a redemptive love. In John 15, 12, and 13, it says, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus came as our Redeemer to pick us up. Oh, how frustrated we get with our children, with our spouse, with our friends, because they stumble, and they stumble, and they stumble. And we say, I got to pick you up again, I got to pick you up again, I got to pick you up again. What does Jesus do for you? I mean, there's somebody here that knows what I'm talking about. There's somebody that knows what it means to have God's redeeming love in their lives where again and again the gracious hand of Almighty God has come and picked them up out of that miry clay and lifted them up to stand upon a rock. Hallelujah. Uh, See, this redeeming love is a love where a spouse praise for their partner even though that partner isn't quite measuring up to all they want them to be and should be but they pray oh Lord will you just bless them will you help them it's that parent who prays continually for that prodigal son that prodigal daughter it's that church leader who watches the ardor the zeal the love for Christ abating in someone's life and they go and they kindle that fire and help them run the race that God's called them to run and that love is always a costly love that love means you will suffer Agatha Christie said If you love, you will suffer. And if you do not love, you do not know the meaning of the Christian life. Remember Hosea in the Bible? God told him to go marry Gomer. And she was a mess. Now, Aldridge and Curtis in the book from Sacred Romance describe this relationship of Hosea to Goma in very contemporary terms. Stay with me as I read it to you. Have you ever had to turn a lover over to a mortal enemy to allow her to find out for herself what his intentions towards her really were? Have you ever had to lie in bed knowing she was believing his lies and was intimate with him every night? Have you ever sat helplessly by in the parking lot while your enemy and his friends took advantage of your lover even as you sat nearby unable to win her heart enough so that she could trust you to rescue her have you ever called this one you had loved for so long and asked her if she was ready to come back to you only to have her say her heart was still captured by your enemy Have you ever watched your lover's beauty slowly fade in a haze of alcohol, drugs, occult practices, and infant sacrifices until she no longer was recognizable in her body or soul? Have you ever loved one so much that you even sent your only son to talk with her about your love for her, knowing that he will be killed by her? God loves us even when we turned our back on him and ran from him. 
He even, when we faltered along the way, not heeding his voice, listening to his call, closing our ears and closing our hearts and setting our pace in a direction other than towards him. God loves us and pursues us. The hound of heaven comes after us again and again and again. And Jesus turns to us and says, love others the way I have loved you. Be a mirror to them of my love for you. Reflect my love to them. The love that I've demonstrated day after day, year after year, decade after decade for you demonstrate to them. True love is always costly. But it's sanctifying. When you meet unconditional love, it does something to you. Meet a Christian who loves unconditionally, even when you falter, even when you fail, even when you're frail, and it does something inside of you. When you meet that love, it transforms you. It sanctifies you. It brings you to another level. I want to be a lover of God and a lover of his people. I want to do what Jesus said to do. I know. In that way, I will bless his kingdom. And in that way, you will bless his kingdom. Jesus calls us. He commands us to love. And then he gives us his example of unconditional love. He loves us with a redeeming love. He loves us with a reconciling love. I was in Bible college, graduated, went into the ministry, came back to my home church, and I asked if my pastor and some of the elders would pray over me. And it was a Sunday morning, and I came on the platform, and Pastor Greco laid hands on me, and they prayed. And what I had asked Pastor Greco was this. I said, would you pray for me? Because the anointing that's on you, I want. See, Brother Greco was a reconciler. If any of you know anything about Italians, they can be hot-headed. Brother Greco used to tell me, Pastor Greco used to say, go to a ministerium in the CCNA and you'll lose your sanctification. As these ministers got at each other. But it was amazing with him. People would be at odds, husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, congregants, and they would go into his office looking like they were ready to strangle each other. An hour later, they would come out arm in arm at peace with one another. He had this ministry of reconciliation. And God tells us how important reconciliation is. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. That's how his love was demonstrated to us. He reconciled mankind with God. As his arms were outstretched on the cross, reaching up to God and reaching down to man, he brought together that which there was enmity between. Man had enmity with God. If you're listening today and you've recently placed your faith in Jesus, this has been a perfect message for you. 
The Gospel of John is one of the very best places in the whole of the Bible for new believers to begin studying. And it's not just for new believers either. For those of us who have walked with Jesus for some time, it's always a wonderful reminder of who we're following. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you'll find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access an archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.